0: Our text today is a familiar text, the 10 lepers, but one of them came back to say thank you to Jesus. Such a familiar text, a Sunday morning, uh, Sunday school passage, if you will. But there is much more to the story, and that's why the message is called A Curious Case of Gratitude. The first time that Jesus healed a man in in the Gospel of Luke was in chapter 5. He touched a man and told him to go and show himself to the priest. But the story for today is different. Jesus is traveling on the border between Galilee and Samaria, knowing that he may encounter people from both places. And 10 men cry out to him, Master, heal us of our leprosy. Jesus does not show hesitation to these men. We could say that he has no reason, no way to deny them because of their faith and their bold request. So what do we know about this story? We know that these men believed that Jesus was the Christ. To call him master signals that they didn't just know he could do miraculous things, but they are people of faith. Perhaps their faith came from their affliction. Perhaps it came from them witnessing Jesus' miracles time and time again, or perhaps it came from them hearing about what he had done in their community. Or perhaps it came from their understanding that Jesus is their last hope of being healed. But however they arrived at this place in their life, they arrived just the same. All 10 of these men agreed. They all knew that they had a need. There were no dissenters. There was no bickering or arguing about what they needed to do. They approached Jesus for their healing and they understood that they needed help beyond their own ability. None of them in the group could heal another, and certainly not all of them. They are in trouble and they all know it. And so they arrived at the place in their thinking and their decision-making where they need, they know where their help will come from, Jesus. This group comprises men from Galilee and one man the the text calls a foreigner who was from Samaria. It must be noted that earlier in the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter nine, Jesus passes through Samaria and he is rejected. We may read this text at first and not think too much of it, but for the purposes of our text today, it has great significance because Jesus had a recent experience with rejection, not only rejection, but rejection by now the same people, rather the same person who's asking him for help. As far as we know, in the story of the 10 men with leprosy, the men, especially the foreigner, the text calls, didn't have anything to offer Jesus in return for their healing. They couldn't pay. They didn't have enough that would pay for this miracle to take place. Not that Jesus would have accepted it anyway, but they're in a place, a desperate place, where nothing they have will exchange for the miracle that they would receive. It didn't matter if they had all the riches in the world, if they had an excellent reputation in the community, if they had a prominent position in the temple. Once they became leprous, all of those things went away, at least temporarily. Because you see, at this time, being leprous not only had physical implications, but also societal and religious as well. And so this encounter that Jesus had with the one man who came back to say thank you is different from the many miracles that he normally performed. Because this miracle wasn't performed in the person's presence. You see, with the other miracles that Jesus did, he would heal them. Let's take the blind man, for example. He healed him and he was healed in his presence. Time and again, he would do miracles in their presence and the person would burst with gratitude and say thank you for what you have done in my life. But this was different. Jesus sent the men away and said to show yourselves to the priests. And once they had been healed along the way, They were completely free to do whatever they wanted to do with the rest of their lives. But only one of the men found it in his heart to be grateful, at least grateful enough to return to Jesus to say thank you. We don't know what all that was going on in his life, but let's say the ingredients of his life demanded that he must go back and say, thank you for what you've done for me. Not only that, but the scripture says that he says it in a loud voice. Jesus, thank you for healing me. And so it's interesting because Jesus is a priest. He told them to go and show themselves to a priest, to the priests, plural. But he was a priest. He was fully capable of serving in that role. But he told them to go away for a purpose. So why didn't approaching Jesus qualify as the healing act? Why didn't he just, they just become healed in that moment? Why did Jesus tell them to go and see another priest for their healing? It was because Jesus connected this experience with the, with the historical experience of what leprosy was in their time. You see, in previous instances of leprosy, Before this moment, if someone had this disease, their priest would examine them. And if their case was qualified, they would be, if they were uh, determined to be healed, they were ceremonially clean, meaning that they could participate in religious ceremonies. They could go to church in our terms. And if they were, they could participate in every religious ceremony that was allowed for them to participate. Jesus knows this. So he tells them to go see the priests, but this time something happens that has never happened before. They're healed before they get there. This faith that they had could have only come from a direct encounter with Jesus Christ. There was no other way for them to receive their healing in the way that they did. Because they believed that Jesus' plan would work, they arrived at the, arrived at the priests healed rather than having to go through the typical process of examination. Typically the men would have had to be examined every seven days until their case of leprosy was no longer a danger to others. This was an early form of quarantine that by now we know all too well. It was no accident that these 10 men who had leprosy were together. Either they were together when they were struck with leprosy, or they became lepr- however, they became leprous, they decided, we have to stick together, because it was a very difficult experience to have leprosy in their time. And Jesus sees a problem here. He realizes, He sees that the focus has become external. Jesus is solving an issue that in scripture and ensuring that the narrative is not based on punishment. Ultimately, he changes this narrative because he is called to take on the world's punishment upon himself. But first, step by step, miracle by miracle, he takes responsibility for the healing of the people. And this miracle is a curious case because we wonder why would Jesus ask the question, where are the others? Where are the other nine that I also healed? He's asking, where are the other nine that I also healed? And he literally speaks volumes with this question because he lets us know that, the, that gratitude is the rightful expectation. The question that he asks, where are the others? Sounds like another story in scripture from the Garden of Eden, when after Adam and Eve sinned against God, he asked, where are you? Of course, he knew where they were, but there's significance in the question he was asking. Why would the God who knows all things, who looks down from heaven, who says that nothing in all of creation is hidden from his sight, ask this question? Could it be the nature of gratitude? Could it be that when we lose the sense of gratitude and forget to come back to thank God for what he has done, we begin to estrange ourselves from God? Could it be that the only way that we can be lost is when we lose that sight of the gratitude that gives way to thankfulness? Could it be that when we forget where our blessings come from, we begin to not be quite as recognizable in God's image as he planned for us to be. And even God begins to wonder, where are we? Now, the good news is we also know that, otherwise, this is impossible. The scriptures remind us repeatedly that nothing can separate us from the love of God. But this is a curious case because Jesus asked the question, where are they? His question has a lot of weight because the consequences of leprosy are significant in this time. In the Jewish tradition, a leper was considered to be smitten by God. Every leper mentioned in the Old Testament ha- was afflicted because of some transgression. So you would think that the ones who were familiar with, this, with these rules, with th- these, this law, were familiar with the consequences, would be more grateful, but that wasn't the case. It was the one who was forgiven much as we also see elsewhere in scripture. The one who was forgiven much was overflowing with gratitude and returned. In this situation, Jesus is restating the very important message, at least to these 10 men, and especially to the one that came back to say thank you, as well as anyone whom he would encounter for the rest of his life, that I am not a God who punishes for no reason I don't punish to be cruel. Or even more, punishment is not my heart's desire. I desire for you to be healed and close to me. Now that my wife and I have our own, our son, I get to be, um, I get the part of that story is not necessarily spelled out in these words. God just wants to be close to us. Just because uh, time has passed does not mean that the level of appreciation needs to diminish. So now that, again, now that my wife and I have, have a son of our own, we love to spend time with him. And it doesn't matter what else we're doing. It doesn't matter if we're watching Coco Melon, or it doesn't matter if we are taking a walk around the, the neighborhood. It doesn't matter. As long as we get to be close to him, that is what really matters to us. The other things are important. Yes, the rules and everything that God set for us is important, but that is all secondary to God's love for us. If I get to spend time with him, that's it. That's all I need. Or there are times when, when I do understand that um, correction does need to take place. And there's sometimes when he takes a run for the fireplace and I can't just say, I'm so grateful for you, son. At that time, it's time to take action. Daddy has to get up and it's time to intervene. Then I can say it, that I'm (laughs) grateful for you. But these things that were in place were not the point. And Jesus realized that it wasn't about punishment. It was about how do I become close to my children and to my people? So this story is about that, but it's also about a king. One, one of the most powerful parts of this passage is, as it often is, are the first, very first few words, which read, now on his way to Jerusalem. We read that, but it could also easily come with trumpets and everything that goes along with it, because this is actually a processional. Jesus is making his way into Jerusalem to become recognized as king in what we recognize now as Palm Sunday. And he's becoming, making this journey into into Jerusalem. He is the king. And at this very moment, he's on his way to Jerusalem. But he takes time for this very important miracle to take place first. Jesus heals the men and tells the one who returns that his faith has made him well. But it makes us wonder if he's even talking about leprosy at all. He didn't say that he had to be made, that he had been made well, which he probably was. We can't overlook that he told the one who said thank you that your faith has made you well. In doing so, he directly connected gratitude with faith and wellness. And so there is an importance of saying thank you. This passage reminds us of that. It also reminds us that there's no expiration date on gratitude. Um, Recently, my wife and I took our son to a new school, and I realized that the first two weeks, I didn't realize how hard it would be because up to this point, he's done so well. You know, when we take him to take him to school and drop off, uh, and everything has gone well, but all of a sudden, you know, of course, um, um, I should have known or listened, but we realized that he was not okay with this situation at all not okay with being dropped off you know who where am i why are you leaving you know all of these things came and it all came out so for the first two weeks it was extremely difficult but what i found was one of his new teachers um, showed me one of the most most amazing displays I've, i've seen in my life where and i'm just grateful because of the situation that we were in you know i dropped off and i stayed in the hallway while he finished crying, and that was the whole, you know, situation was very difficult, and then I left, go outside, and I could see inside the classroom. Now, she didn't, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I'm gone in her in her mind, and—and and, but she did something that she didn't know I was watching, but I could still see, and she started to dance with him, that just the two of them, and she danced with him until he was completely fine with being in that situation. And what I learned was that sometimes things, people do things for us and act as, if, as angels to us, as the Bible tells us, just because God leads them to do so. And it's up to us to recognize those moments and go back and say thank you. So I did for the next days, I'm, I'm you know, profusely, oh, my goodness, thank you so much for taking such good care of him and for doing whatever he needed. And because I felt God in that moment, that that was what God was doing for us In our lives and so there is no expiration date on gratitude that's what the man with leprosy knew in his heart it didn't matter how long how much time had passed he was going to make sure he was going back to tell God thank you for what he had done in his life and that's what God is to me now in my life God has the power to create gratitude in our hearts I hear so many conversations about creation, um, you know, theologically, if you will, from Genesis and Adam and Eve, and what is the nature of creation, but how often do we think about God creating gratitude in our hearts? What Jesus is doing with this man with leprosy is creating an unbreakable relationship. Imagine trying to tell him that God isn't good, that he's not perfect, that he will do whatever we need as, as much as our faith and our obedience allows. It's amazing what he will do in our behalf, on our behalf. Jesus is empowering the one who didn't let embarrassment of being the only one to say thank you get in the way of doing the right thing. He wasn't bothered by going back to talk to his friends and associates and then say, wait a minute, why did you make us look bad? Why were you the only one that went back to say thank you? He didn't let anything of that nature get in his way. And so we must remember that this is the true nature of what God is doing and aims to do in our hearts. One commentary in Matthew, in, in, I'm sorry, one commentary by Matthew Henry on this passage notes that the one who returned received two healings, one in outward healing on his skin and one in inward healing that cured his soul. The ones who were used to religious practice, for some reason, weren't as grateful. For them, they were now immediately permitted, fully welcomed back into their religious ceremonies if they chose to participate. They could do whatever they wanted without restriction, but for some reason, they weren't led to come back to show gratitude. But the Samaritan wouldn't have that same background. He wasn't as used to the religious practices of his peers, and this in this instance, That was to his advantage. All the Samaritan knew was, I was sick and now Jesus healed me. And he didn't heal only my skin, he healed my mind, my heart, and my soul. Isn't it common for believers to ask for an outward blessing rather than an inward one? I'll be the first to admit I'm guilty of this. We ask, I ask, God, fix this situation, fix this person, fix their attitude, their their thoughts, and the way that they're behaving towards others or myself. But how often do we look and ask for an inward blessing? We need the strength to withstand what's happening. We need patience because the situation doesn't always change just the way we want it to but God promises to give us just what he gave all of these men, but especially the one who said, thank you. He promises to give us a faith that will heal us. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.